Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast with your host, Nima Karazi. Nima is just a regular guy who had the gastric sleeve surgery, and this is his story. He is not a doctor. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have medical questions, ask your doctor. Now let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast. My name is Nima Karazi, and this is my journey. Oh my God, I am so excited today. I don't even want to start describing this person or explaining who this person is. I have Jolene Gets Fit on this show right now. I am so excited. Jolene, J-O-L-E-A-N, get it? Because she's lean because she lost weight. Jolene Gets Fit. Follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. She's awesome. Jolene, hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're here. Hi, Nima. I am so excited to be here. It's always a great time whenever I join you because I never know where the conversation's going to take us. And I always get excited about the things that you're going to ask because I feel like it's something that I've always wanted to talk about, but maybe never had the opportunity. <laughs> but it also makes me just want to like alert out even more because this has been one wild ride. It has. And you and just to start everybody off from from kind of if they don't know you and shame on shame on you if you don't know who Jolene is. <laughs> but if they don't know who you are, when did you give a little bit of a backstory? When did you have your surgery? What kind of surgery did you have and kind of walk us down that pathway a little bit? Sure. So I had the Sadie surgery, which is a single anastomosis duodenal ileal <laughs> weight loss surgery option. It is what we have previously called in the past the Cadillac of weight loss surgery Ooh. procedures. It's because it's one of the newer versions where it's kind of a mix of the old type plus VSG and it's a bypass with the VSG. So you definitely get not only the restriction, but you get malabsorption and the combination helps someone who has lots of comorbidities, lots of weight they need to lose, really reach their goals. And so I feel like I got really lucky to be with a surgeon that was really competent at it with a great team that can help guide me. And this all happened pretty much during COVID. Oh and I ended up getting my surgery March 2021. And since then, gosh, almost three years now, since then, it has been a journey of not only discovering myself, what I can't do, what I can do, um, but also 
what do I want out of life? And that's something that I thought that was so important because in the beginning, I was definitely stuck on the numbers. You know, you have a goal in mind, Mm -hmm. you have a number you want to reach. But then that started changing in my mind. It started evolving. Well, I want this kind of experience or that kind of life experience. And then it became, well, I don't want it to be just about me. I started to involve my family. I want it to be us. I want everything to be us together or a we. And then my little we turned into my entire family becoming just as lean and fit and healthy. And I think that that is something that we all kind of dream for this kind of journey, right? That it has a positive influence on us and everyone else. It's such a blessing to be able to give that that gift of like, it's almost the, the gift of perspective of like, I look at, it's, it's a little bit of look what I can do. It's a little bit of like, here's, I, I wasn't able to do this before. And y'all were going on walks and having fun and y'all were riding your bikes and having fun. Y'all were doing all this stuff and having fun. And I wasn't able to participate and I'd stay home and I'd be fine with it. And I'd pretend like I was okay, but I'd be cursing up a storm under my breath when I was home or I'd go along and I'd be cursing up a storm under my breath while I was out. (laughs) And that to me is like, now I'm like, look what I can do. Watch me. Because now I am living my best life. I am hiking. I am riding my bicycle. I am playing pickleball. I am playing tennis again. I am having all the fun. I am doing triathlons and and you know five yes, k's. And, yes. and now it's like let's get other people involved. And now that the lovely Michelle's had the surgery, and I don't know, I don't want to do a spoiler or anything, but she's lost a, a good deal of weight. I'll do I'll do a follow up interview with her as well, of course. Amazing, amazing she's doing amount. Great. She's doing so well. Yes. And now we're like we're going on walks together. We played pickleball once. We're gonna we're gonna play it again. <laughs> we have to play it again. I bought the paddles already, so we have to. We we've invested. All right, so, it's on. <laughs> so you had this. Do you feel comfortable talking about what your weight was? And Absolutely. You did? That's awesome. I yeah. love that. Because that was like, I'll start first because I always think people feel more comfortable if, if if I say first. I got all the way up to 410 and then I got down to 290. No, sorry. <laughs> Imagine. I got down to 390 for my surgery. So I lost 20 pounds. They asked me to lose 40 pounds and I said no. And then I lost 20 pounds. So I got to 390. Then after the surgery, I got to 260. So I lost a third of my weight. And I felt, Jolene, I felt so good. I felt so lean. I looked so skinny. And I was able to run. And I was, and everywhere we went, I'd run. We went to Chicago, I'd run. We went to London, I ran. We went to, uh, not London, I ran. We went to London, England. (laughs) And we went to London, I was running in London. And we went to, uh, you know, we went to Exeter. We went to, you know, all these different places. I, I would go running in the mornings and, I was all about it. And then all of a sudden, that little sugar started sneaking in. The carbs started becoming more and more. The liquid sugars, liquid calories, and all these things started adding up. And then I started ballooning back up and I got to all the way to 298. And I was like, I need to do something. So then now I've been doing a a pouch reset. Now, this is going to go after my episode about the pouch reset. But right now, I'm about a week into it. So a little spoiler alert for all y'all. This is only one week into my pottery, so I'm interviewing Jolene. And one thing that I've learned, which is the most amazing thing, the pottery set wasn't really to lose weight. And to be honest, I haven't been weighing myself every day because that's not the point of it. 
the point of it initially was to shrink my stomach back so that I can kind of reset and recalibrate. What's ended up happening is it's reset my goals. And now I'm looking at, I haven't had sugar in a week. And first of all, I'm fine. Second of all, sugar-free Gatorade is great. So what have I been complaining about? I have a, I have a, what the lovely Michelle likes to call a uh, titty baby uh, mouth. What? I have a titty baby <laughs> mouth where I'm like a little titty baby and I don't want to eat. Like she's like, this is like a diet, whatever. I'm like, I'm out. I can't. This is sugar free. I'm like, nope, no, thank you. It's bullshit. I can't. Or this is turkey bacon. I'm like, it's lying. It's lying to you. And I don't like it at all. So I have a lot of that in me, but but just even in this one week, it's like recalibrate, reset, reorder. And I I told yeah. I told Michelle just the other day. I said, you know, I'm feeling so much better. I'm feeling so much healthier. And now, like in the second week, I can start having like yogurts and hummus and milk and dairy and stuff and eggs and and soft foods. And I'm gonna do that for another week, and then that's it. But I feel so good, and I feel so healthy that I don't want to go back to sugar. I, I don't I don't want to do it. So I've been I drink energy drinks and I do all that prime stuff and the thing. I don't want to do that anymore. So I want, you know, more water, more protein shakes as as inner like uh inner meal drinks, but mm-hmm. not as a full meal replacement. And and anyway, it's just it's a lot to kind of to kind of think about, but it kind of all comes back to having that moment of realization and having that inclusivity with the people that you love the most so you you and i saw each other when that was a a year and a half ago yeah when we when we all came up to washington and we hung out that's right that was so much fun and then and i got to meet your lovely husband how's he doing Oh, he's doing amazing. Yeah, he's totally on board with everything that I'm trying to do and trying to get leaner and fitter. And he is even outpacing me sometimes because he's just, he's on it. It's like he got the bug. He got that same kind of like drive and initiative that you were talking about once you clean up the diet and you take out the sugar, all of a sudden it's like you realize how strong you are and you can make through it. And then you realize, wow, I lived another day. I can totally not have this. And then another day, another day happens. And he's been doing that on his Peloton and he's been (laughs) on it. And another day comes and another day comes, another ride, another ride. And he is just miles ahead of me. And it's amazing. I love how much that this mindset that I put myself in has also reverberated amongst our family. And then we all are just wanting to be healthier, wanting to do more. And I love it. I love it too. That's so awesome. I love that guy. He's such a solid dude. I mean, like as and, and I, I don't. I mean, physically, he's also like a very solid man. Yeah. But like, just meeting him and seeing him, like he was just so. He's like such a fan of you, and I, I love that when I see it in I, in either direction. I love that from one spouse to another. It doesn't matter in which direction, but when one <laughs> one partner is just like so enthralled that like when you were talking. He was like looking at you. And I I think that's the coolest thing. Because like most people, when when their partner is talking, they're looking at the people that are out there because they're like, oh, are they Mm going to be offended? Are they going to be upset? Or or are they going to laugh? Or, you know, are they going to laugh at the right part of of this story? Because I know this story. 
you know but he was like watching you the whole time like, but he loves you so much <laughs> i love that oh that's so awesome we must have had a really great day because there are days i annoy the hell out of him where he doesn't even want to look at me he's in another room he's staying in the bonus room oh, he'll he'll it. text me instead of come and talk to me <laughs> so we must have been having a great day that time yeah, that's a really good <laughs> no day. he's He's super awesome. Me and you got super lucky. Like the lovely Michelle. She's just so amazing and funny and so supportive. And I love that we have spouses that are totally on board with what, you know, we're going through and what we need. And, you know, even when I told Vince in the way beginning, when I weighed myself and so shockingly, 258, that was my biggest number. But I am four foot, at the time I was four foot 11. What do you mean? And that's not even five feet. So that's like, well, you know what? (laughs) After I lost 100 pounds and then I went in for my doctor's appointment, I had my annual physical, everything. She was like, let's remeasure this again. So I got under the height ruler and they redid it and they were like, okay, keep your back straight. Is your feet flat on the ground? You're not like bending your knees or anything. We looked. I I am standing as straight as I can stand. I was four foot ten. How did I lose a whole inch? What the? What the hell? Like I am short enough. I never reach five. I never reach the five that I wanted to reach. And now I lost weight. And apparently I lost fat off my head, fat off my feet, and somehow I am now shorter. even shorter. You got a shorter like, neck. What? That's what happened. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, of all the places that I would want to lose weight, I never said my head and my feet. Like, that's the last <laughs> thing that needed to go. But yeah. it happened. And at the end, I was just super grateful because I ended up hitting 141. So Whoa. that was my lowest. So it was over 100 pounds that I lost. Off a of two. Um, um, is yeah, two fifty-eight. It's crazy. I was really excited about that, yeah. and then um, I definitely wanted to get more fit and have more shape. So I tried to build more muscle. Um, I even went in for a DEXA scan to see how much body percentage I had in fat versus muscle versus yeah, yeah, yeah. bone. And I'm hoping that you know, in a few more months' time. After, you know, that full year has passed and I've tried to reach some goals that I set for myself, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that my DEXA scan will show that I have definitely added more muscle because I tell you, I'm almost three years post-op and that weight creeps up yeah. and that number creeps up. And sometimes when I'm doing squats and I'm using heavier weights or I'm swinging with kettlebells, I'm thinking like, yeah, this is going to give me shape. But I'm also reminding myself by the end of this week, when I weigh myself, yeah. I'm also going to probably be like three pounds heavier. Right. And it could be just because your muscles, they're yeah. growing. And then also when they stretch, when you're weightlifting, you're actually pulling in and holding in more water weight, yeah. more protein, more mass. I mean, that's just how muscles build up. They yeah. definitely are heavier. So, you know, my weight fluctuates up and down in the 10 pound range. And it drives me crazy because every time I get farther away from my lowest weight, 141, it does this mental game in my head. Does that ever happen to you? It messes with me. Oh, yeah. Does it mess with you? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, but to me, it's a little bit more like I started having these conversations when I was 260. I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get down to 250. And like, I'm, I'm really into boxing. Like, boxing is like one of my favorite sports to Ooh, watch. I'm, I'm terrible at everything, but I love watching <laughs> boxing. 
And so boxers have a thing called fighting weight, and then they have a thing called walking weight. So they walk oh, yeah. around at like 300, but they can fight at 280. So I was like, all right, if my fighting weight's 250, if I get to 250, then I can always reach 250. So my fighting weight will be 250. I'll walk around at 260. So let me try to get to 250. So then I was like eating cookies and crackers and peanut butter and, <laughs> and s'mores on a Wednesday and not realizing why. I, I w- And then I stopped weighing myself because like when people say the two times that you need to check on yourself is when you don't want to look at your bank account and when you don't want to step on that scale is when you need to do those the most. Those are facts. That's just, it's a, it's a bad reality and it sucks yeah. and it's an adulting thing that no one ever tells you about, <laughs> but it's the truth, man. Mm-hmm. It is the God's honest truth. So it's one of those things that I was like, I, I don't want to get on the scale. And then I started going up and creeping up and it was like 266. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm still in the 260s. And then I was like 270 something. And then I was like, okay. So then I started like rationalizing and, and, and dealing, negotiating with myself. Maybe 260 was my fighting weight. Maybe 270 is my walking <laughs> around weight. And it, instead of like motivating myself, like, okay, now I really need to like dig deep and, and do this better. I, I went the opposite direction and I ended up convincing myself until I had a hard line. And I've talked to people in the past that have said things like, I, I'm having weight issues right now. If If I hit this certain number, then I'll talk to a doctor about having this surgery. But until that number, I'm fine. I'll tell you the the, the truth, truth, you're not fine. And the longer you stay at the number that's close to the number you're scared of, the more damage you're doing to your body and the more damage I was doing to my body. And so now that I'm back on track, I can say this, but if I wasn't, I'd be like, yeah, you're fine. So it's just, we try to convince ourselves, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you talk about your ups and downs all the time about positive things, big successes that you've had. And then like issues that you've been having as well. Even knowing that like muscle weighs more than fat, what a pound of muscle looks like versus what a pound of fat looks like. And you could be getting slimmer, but gaining muscle like I'm a big built guy like I'm five eight and a half right in the morning Mm -hmm. so I'm built bigger I couldn't I don't think I could ever get down to like a buck 60 like where I'm supposed to be but I could probably get back down to like 190 or 200 and I talked to my personal trainer buddy who does this like that's his like profession and he has Mm -hmm. like really high-end clientele and I was like he he did the the DEXA scan he did all Mm -hmm. that stuff he was like you're built strong like your muscles are strong. <laughs> your leg muscles are insane. There's like almost no fat on your like thighs, your quads. Like everything is like great. It's your stomach and your chest and your arms. And you need to like burn all that fat. And I was like, 100%, brother, I agree. And I asked him, I said, do you ever think I can get down to 220? And he's like, "One without even a flinch, he was at 100%. And it's all I want is to get to 219 so I can mm-hmm. be in the, the under 100 kilogram club Mm -hmm. i just i want that i want that so bad (laughs) oh man you can get there i can i know i can i know i can everyone's telling me i can of course i can so i'm just gonna have to make it make it a a priority but tell me some of Mm -hmm. your some of your successes and some of the the kind of roller coaster ups and downs that you've uh dealt with over the with the weight training and stuff. i I love your videos on instagram where it's like (laughs) you do a time lapse of you on the treadmill because your head doesn't move 
your head is the same, but you look like I know, the isn't flash. it so weird? You look like the flash running on the treadmill. It's all just a blur of you just moving a few inches forward and a few yeah. inches back, and your head's just straight forward. It's great. And I do that for a reason because of all the weight that I lost. I have so much extra skin. So there are a number of times that I've recorded and I've even posted where it's like regular live, not a time lapse. And I tell you, the jiggle wiggles and the, the everything, like it is embarrassing i just i can't stand it oh, i don't no. like it i don't like the way look i mean we all have those insecurities sure. but i mean it's just it's overwhelming and it doesn't motivate me and so because i use ig as a motivator for myself yeah, you know yeah. it's my own accountability page i i really just want to see myself do it and then know that i've done it i can make through it i can add another 5 minutes i can add some weights at the end I can do it and I can see myself uh, being successful and doing it in the past. I can do it again. And the time lapse does that because for some reason it tricks my mind into thinking that 30, 40 minute workout is really only 19 seconds, you know, when I see it play back and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And so usually I will, you know, put on a movie, something really uh, action packed or lots of comedy, something that's distracting, and then I get on the treadmill. Because I'll tell you, honest to God, even before weight loss surgery, it's the same after weight loss surgery. I don't care about working out. I'm not interested in working out. (laughs) I'm not motivated or yearning or like dying to work out. I don't talk about wanting to work out. Like it's just not in me. I had literally have to force myself to do it. And I have to find ways that make me want to get off the couch that made me want to get on the treadmill and I you know do whatever that takes and sometimes it's nice to see a reminder like dang I did that how many times this week or wow last week I was able to just add you know maybe five or ten minutes of at least upper body you know workout since I did my um, cardio and got my legs moving um, this past week, I also did a time lapse on there and I did treadmill lunges and Ooh. I just remind myself like, man, I did 20, 30 of those on top of the, the jog yeah, yeah. and cadence that I was doing. So I can do it again. So it reminds me and it pushes me. You can do it again, Jolene. Yeah. You can get back on that treadmill. You can go and add some more or change it up and challenge yourself and do even better. And so I find that really motivates me when there are moments that I do not want to get on that treadmill or work out. (laughs) And there was even a recent picture where like, I am wholeheartedly honest with what it looks like. (laughs) The still image is of me dying on the treadmill. Like I can't get a breath. The weights are like draped and dangling by my thighs. Like I just don't want to do another rep, no more reps. But like, that's, that's really me. That's really me. That's what I look like. I'm dying on the treadmill. I'm forcing myself to work out. I distract myself with a good movie or maybe something with hot guys oh, on yeah. the TV. Yeah. Trying to run towards <laughs> them. I get that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. And I think no matter what it is that keeps you motivated, yeah. do it. Lean into it. And I love that you are doing pickleball. I've never done it. Oh, never played. Great. I used to play tennis a bunch and it's so different than tennis. It's kind of like if tennis and ping pong got together and collaborated on like the the best parts of, of each sport. 
so that you, <laughs> you can, it's like a wiffle ball and it bounces, but it bounces mm-hmm. closer. So you, you can kind of have a, a more of a rally in a, in a, in a closer uh, proximity to one another. It's really nice. And, and the, the paddles are smaller um, and, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, you're not really moving around as much, but your hand-eye coordination is is really doing a lot, and you end up burning a bunch of calories just because you're like you're you're hitting the ball and you're moving around and you're doing all this stuff. And you should watch these pickleball matches on YouTube. I mean these mm-hmm. these people are going cuckoo banana pants. Intense. You know, it's it's insane. <laughs> Even right now, I think John McEnroe's playing, and he's he's doing all kinds of of stuff. And you know, the older you get, it's really for for like the older communities. But, you know, mm-hmm. these young people, and by young, I mean like 45, 50-year-olds, these young people are getting <laughs> That's in. That's still young, it yes. It is young. It is. <laughs> I used to always say, if you want to feel young, go hang out with people 30 years older than you. Because I used to go, yeah. when I was like 35, 40, I used to go smoke cigars in this cigar lounge in Thousand Oaks. And uh, it was called Old Oak. I think it's still there. Old Oak Cigar Lounge. If you, shout out to Old Oaks. If you get a chance to go there, there's just it's just filled with like 80-year-old Jewish men <laughs> that do nothing but talk politics and complain about how old they are. And I went in one day smoking my cigar and I said, oh man, my I just feel so old and I feel so... Th-. And they're like, hey, white beard, how old are you? And I was like, I'm like 40 or 30, 35 or whatever I was at the time. I'm like 30. And they were like, oh my God, you have a, you have a lifetime ahead of you. You have... You have 50 years before you get to us. And that's how long some people live. And they were just telling me like, man, when I was 30, what I would give to be 30 again, like you're a baby. And I was like, this is all I needed. It's all I needed just to hang out with like older people. And you, and one of the things I suggest to everybody, go talk to your parents or if you don't have your parents, you know, unfortunately, talk to someone in that higher generation than us. You're a, a, an uncle, an auntie, somebody who's who's older than us, and go ask them. Hey, when you were my age, did you know a hundred percent? Were your finances a hundred percent secure? Oh hell no! You go good, yeah. good, good. I don't need to know all the details. <laughs> I just want to know we're in the same boat, man. Because you just keep thinking like, I'm like I'm 43. I should have my finances set and done and perfect, and they are not set. They are not done, and they are not perfect. But when I talk to people about it, they're like, oh, no, man, I I wasn't set and settled until like this age or or this happened or this thing happened. Oh, good. Thank God. Great. So now I don't feel bad about it. Now I can live my life without this extra anxiety on top of everything else. But just these little communications help so much. But I love that, man. Yeah, that's um, something Allison used to do from the um, the what was their podcast called? Allison and Courtney had that podcast. No guts, no glory. No, no, yeah, yeah. They're dope, and uh, I'm gonna try to have Allison back on to do like a, a like an update. But Allison and and Courtney had that. Allison has this thing that she does where she only watches one show when she's on the treadmill. Like she has a treadmill show that she can only watch yep. if she's on the treadmill. So then she gets mm-hmm. hooked. So if it's like only murders in the building or whatever, she's like, okay, yep. I have to watch this i have to catch up i love that so show i have to i know i i love it too i'm waiting for the next season i can't wait every season i'm like what's gonna happen the first episode i'm like that guy's the killer and then the next episode I'm like, yeah. nope it's that lady and then the third episode i'm like what just happened and just they, love, they always leave you on such a cliffhanger 
Oh my god. I know. I was screaming, the bird, the bird. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did the same thing. I really enjoyed that show a lot. It's a really good show. <laughs> but we watch, you know, if, if you just have, uh, and the thing is that I don't have anything. I have a rowing machine that uh, I have up here that I don't use that often because I don't like it. But I, um, yeah, it's just, it. we have these these things, I usually just go for a walk. But like when it's raining, like it is now, this rowing machine's like been my salvation. Or I go walking at nighttime with like a raincoat on, mm-hmm. shoes with Gore-Tex or something. Yeah, I like you still, you still get out there. You still find activity and time for it. Yeah, well, that was the biggest thing about last year. And I and I was going to, I was actually going to echo what you said. The, last year I had this challenge of walking, a, um, uh, it was like 110 miles a month. Mm-hmm. And I hit it. I hit it every month. I hit it. And I was, I was so happy and excited about it. I cannot tell you the number of days that it was three, four in the afternoon. And I would turn to the lovely Michelle and I'd say, the last thing I want to do right now is go for a walk, but I have to get these miles in today. Mm-hmm. And I would just go and I, and I would be miserable until I got to about half a mile to a mile. Once I got in to a half mile to a mile, I was like, this is lovely. A lot of it, even right now, like it's raining, it's cold out, all this stuff. My first thought always is like, oh, God, this is miserable. I would hate to be walking in that. What I really mean is I would hate to prepare to walk in that. That's Mm -hmm. the problem. Once I'm prepared, once I'm dressed appropriately, I'm not going to get soaking wet. My clothes aren't going to stick to me. I'm going to stay warm. I have reflective gear on. I have a headlamp or whatever. My hoodie's up. I have a hat. I'm ready to go. My hands are in my pockets. My watch is set. I'm going to go walk for 30 minutes. And I'm out there. It is so soothing and beautiful and wonderful to be walking out here. It's cold, dress warm. It's wet, dress dry. I don't know what else to tell you, but like, there's these are all excuses that we come up with. Of, I can't walk right now. It's raining. I couldn't possibly do that. It's raining. It rains, man. What do you think? People in Seattle are all just like overweight because they just, <laughs> nobody can go outside. Pivot. <laughs> just pivot. Yeah. We definitely do up here. And I'm from the Pacific Northwest up here. And we definitely do see a lot of people out there with their raincoats on. They've got their North face and they get out there yeah. and they walk or they're still running. I mean, it was, we had some winter snap happen not too long ago in our neighborhood. And I was driving and I was looking at my car. It had the temperature gauge on it and it said 31 degrees. I was like, (laughs) oh, this is awful. This is already (laughs) below freezing. I see this guy who usually I see in the summertime, marathon runner, really fit, at least in his fifties. And I'm always like applauding him every time I see him in the summer. (laughs) Here he goes on a winter day while I'm driving home thinking about how I want to get under my blanket warmer and be lazy all night, he has shorts on (laughs) with his thermal, I'm guessing, dry fit and those gloves that they wear to keep their arms warm. Mm -hmm. And he's pounding pavement and he's making it up the hill that I'm like gunning my gas (laughs) to get up. And I'm like, how is this possible? He's got like at least 10, 15 years on me and he's doing it in 31 degrees. And I'm like, 
All right. That's a sign. That's a sign. I can't get under that blanket warmer. That's a sign. Hurry up in my mind. Pick a movie. I know where my clothes are. And just like you said, if your watch is charged, if you've got your stuff ready to go, if you're prepared and you have what you need, there's no excuse. And you put yourself in the right environment, in the right place, and you go and do it. And I tell you, that's one of the hardest things some days. I'm like, do I want to spend my last half an hour of the day food prepping? Do I want to spend my last... 10 minutes getting clothes ready to do a workout. It's like, it feels like it's another errand, another task, yeah. another thing on my checklist. It's not just like, oh, just hop on the treadmill for 15 minutes and then you're done. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to hop on the treadmill, I'm not going to stroll on the treadmill. I'm going to run on yeah. the treadmill. So mm-hmm. even if it's intermittent and it's like, uh, you know, whatever, like I'm running for two minutes, walking for a minute, whatever, up and down. And let's say I do that four or five times. So I'm going to run for 15 minutes, right? And that's fine. When I get out of that treadmill, I'm sweaty. I'm I'm hot. I'm gross. Now I got to put my clothes in the wash. Now I got to find other clothes to wash to hit that because I need those clothes tomorrow. Then I need to hop in the shower. And then I need to take a quick <laughs> shower. Then I need to dry my hair. This is, a, this is a whole process. This is a thing that takes time now. So then mm-hmm. now it's not just, oh, I ran for 15 minutes because I had time. No, no, no. This is an hour long ordeal that I need to plan and prep for. And it's so fucking easy to say, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow when I have more time. Like yeah. today, I was like, I turned, I turned a machine. I had, I had a come to Jesus uh, conversation today. I won't say with who, but I had a come to Jesus conversation today where I was like, I was very angry. And I, and I, there's, a, there's two versions of me. There's my, my last name is Karazi, so I'm Nima K. So I'm, mm-hmm. uh, there's Nima K, all okay, and there's Nima K, not okay. <laughs> And I, I was that. I was Nima K not okay. <laughs> oh no! Like, this, and we shouldn't have that. And this shouldn't happen. And that should happen this way. And this should happen that way. And how dare you? And you implied. And you thought. And you shouldn't. And I should. And I did. And I didn't. And you couldn't. And I could. And we had. I had had this whole thing. And then it was all done. And I, I went downstairs. And I was like, the last thing I want to do is go for a walk. But it's the thing I need to reset. Otherwise, I'm going to be a bitch all day. I'm going to be in a shitty mood. I'm going to be snapping at people. I was tutoring today at School on Wheels. I didn't want to take it on this kid. My first session with this kid. I don't want to take it on this poor kid. <laughs> poor kid. And just be like, what do you want? You need help with this? Ugh. Fine. <laughs> you know? So I went and I swear, Julian, I was like, I'm going to go. I know. I had no... I know all the mileage in all my neighborhood. I know if I want to go for a one mile walk, I know how far, I know what route to take. If it's a two mile walk, I know what route to take. If it's a three, I know. So I was like, I'm going to go for a two mile walk. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I I went to go start doing that walk. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go a little bit further and I'm going to go up this hill and then I'm going to go back down the hill. Then I'm going to do the two mile walk. I went up the hill and then I hit this T intersection. I was like, We'll go up this other hill too. And so I went up this other hill, then I went up this other hill, then I went down this cul-de-sac, then I came back around, then I ran the hill down, and then I went around to the other side and I went around. And I ended up doing a five mile walk run. Oh my gosh. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I felt I love this. So good. I felt so recharged. I came home because last night I was like, I was telling the lovely Michelle. I'm like, I need to burn another like 200 calories. And she's like, okay. Um, 
give me like an hour and I can walk with you. And I was like, great. So in that hour, I did some stuff. And then I just started walking around the house and burned like 50 calories. And then the lovely Michelle and I went for a walk at like 1030 at night. And I was like, I just have to get these calories in. I have to get these calories in. And we went, we did yeah. the cul-de-sac walk twice, came back. I was like, all right, we're good. We're good. And then we came back and I was, I was in a, I was in a good place. And today I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I, and I was able to treat myself to a little, a little snack, a little extra treat. And I have enough calories to be able to have like a, a you know, a good meal or whatever. And I feel so good and so positive and so energized that I'm like, this is such a great way to get into the second portion of my thing but i need that more than i need to burn the calories i need to kind of Mm -hmm. reset my brain and i had a point where i was like i have time i have space i can go longer and i could utilize this i can catch up on all my marco polos i can catch up on my voxers i can text people i called my (laughs) sister i thought it was so great and i listened to birds and it was cold it was like that but i've gone walking in 30 degree weather and I did it on per. I woke up and it was like 28, 29 degrees. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my gosh, you're my neighbor. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't run up a hill in that time. Yeah. <laughs> I wore my long sleeve shirt with the with the t-shirt on top and I wore my shorts with the with the like comfy uh sweater pants and I wore all this stuff and then I I went out beanie and stuff and I went out and it was cold it was so cold but let me tell you it was like it was like one of those like bucket list things of like I've walked in like sub zero temperatures I did that I went for a walk when it was sub zero oh, you couldn't pay me to do that in the past <laughs> But now I'm like, I, oh, I can't wait. I got excited for it. It's it's so different how our goals change our mindset. Yeah. And you have mm-hmm. you have a bunch of goals too, don't you? Like, what do you what are your goals right now that you're trying to hit towards? Oh man! So I actually have weight loss surgery, um, skin removal coming up. Yeah. So that's one of my goals. And in preparation of that, I really did want to try to. Uh, lose some more weight, yeah. tone up. I hereby having um, stronger muscles before the surgery that you're able to recover better. People who work out and are very active tend to do much better oh, afterwards. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, I feel like that that's one of the things that I want to do is to, you know, amp it up and really do more. So I've been trying to make sure that I do 200 crunches a day. <laughs> oh yeah, I know it sounds insane. But what I do is I break it up because I can't do 200 at one time. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I break it up and I make it manageable. But then by the time I'm on my 200th count, I realize like, oh, my God, I did it. Oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to recover even better. I'm going to look even better. The doctor's going to make all of my new abs really pop. (laughs) And, you know, it's not just going to be because he contoured it. It's because my real abs are popping out. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're showing up. They're showing out. Like, I am so excited for that. So that's one of my goals. Um, And I just think that... You know, if I have these like small incremental things Mm -hmm. that bring me closer to what I would love the end to look like, that will help me get there. And, you know, as you were talking, I realized there's something that drives us to get to that point and it's 
obsession. I've seen that people who love to talk about the gym or always talk about how good their muscles are starting to look, how much progress they're making, or people who do CrossFits, they always talk about their PRs. They always sound so obsessive about it. And sometimes in the past, I may have thought of that as them just being obnoxious or annoying. (laughs) But now that I'm in the place where you have to be cognizant, you have to be aware of what you're doing and your progression, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, this is actually what it takes. You have to be obsessive about doing better, uh, being better, uh, thinking better, um, having a better mindset. Like You have to really push yourself. It this doesn't just come naturally to everybody. And wanting to work out is just one of the things that does not come naturally to me. Yeah. I need to put my place and be obsessive about it. Plan it, prepare for it, get up and go do it. It's you just have to put yourself in the place to succeed. Yeah. And I realize it's obsession. You got to make yourself obsessive about it. But you, when you said that you're having this surgery, you're having what's called what a 360 surgery. What does that mean? Yes, <laughs> it is a 360 body lift. Okay. So pretty much 360 all the way around me. The surgeon is gonna cut a huge tire of skin oh. out. So you know we always talk about the extra tire or the extra muffin yeah, top yeah, yeah. around us. Like yeah, he's literally gonna pick up all of that, yeah. cut it out, sew me back together. And um, I was at a pre-op appointment with him. He's showing me, you know, I do see you have some pockets where some of the fat is accumulating more than other spots. Mm. We'll do a little lipo here. I said, hold up. <laughs> Not a little. We're going to do a lot. <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, yes, a lot. <laughs> and then I was like, you see, I have saddlebags here, but on this side, it's even worse. I would love these to go away. He's like, yeah, we'll do a little there. I was like, a lot. (laughs) Correcting him like a mom. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) But I'm so excited. It is definitely something I would love to do. Um, Because I mean, there's a little things that we don't really think about, but that maybe really affect people. And they don't notice that it's little habits that they do every day. I have to tuck my apron of skin into my panty. I have to suck in this uh, layers of flabby skin um, when I zip up my jeans because I don't want the zipper to snag on the skin hanging over. Um, I have to intentionally clean my belly button every other day because it's hiding under layers of skin. And after working out, it gets sweaty and it can't stay moist or you're going to have skin breakdown. It's like these things that I've just in the past three years come to accept and just do and take care of. Yeah. I don't want it anymore. I don't want this excess skin. It's not about being beautiful or perfect or, you know, about having this six pack abs and this tiny little waist. I am so tired of having to care for this excess stuff that I don't want anymore. And so I was like, that's it. 
that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up for the procedure. I am going to get rid of it. I want to take care of myself. Maybe I won't do a time-lapse video on <laughs> Instagram anymore because my belly will be jiggling and shaking like crazy. But it really is, man, the self-care. You don't realize like how much you have to do when you have all that extra skin. It's It's incredible to me the few people that have gone through this, most of the community, when they lose that amount of weight, just stick mm -hmm. with that amount of weight because the fact that their insurance even covered their surgery is phenomenal. And then outside of that, to have this skin surgery, most people go out of the country to get this done. I know, because it's expensive. It's very expensive and insurance doesn't <laughs> cover it unless you can convince them that like, oh, I'm getting skin tags because my skin is rubbing and I have chafing and I have a rash and this is causing, you know, candida and all this other stuff. And so then you can kind of try to convince the surgeons to do something about that. But even that is like piecemeal. You, you can't just say, mm -hmm. well, my underarm is flabby, so now you should take fat out of my thighs. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work that it way. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. They're hip to that, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, and even insurances are really picky. So you have to prove that the skin is causing a burden. Yeah. And then when they do approve some sort of surgery, usually it will be um, just a panis removal, which is pretty much the skin that hangs over, but they don't fix the muscle that has stretched underneath. Yeah. So for women who have had babies, you know, usually when you do the mommy makeover, they will also correct the muscles, the rectus oh. muscle, or the abdominal muscles in the middle. Um, sew them back the way they're supposed to be. Um, so there's other things that aren't covered that you usually should do. Um, and then insurance will only cover certain things that have to do with maybe symptoms you had like skin breakdown, yeah. but it ain't going to be pretty. They do not set you up with like a plastic surgeon that's going to make it look really nice. And in some cases, they don't even give you a belly button. You what? should look that up. It's insane. They will cover the skin removal, but it is an extra cost oh, if you want aesthetic. to keep the belly yeah, button because yeah, yeah. it's ecstatic. Yes, yeah. it's cosmetic. It's, it's cosmetic. not necessary. It's, it's no longer needed. And there are women who have had to say, okay, fine. If that's all insurance will pay for, I will take it. Because, you know, they probably medically really did need the panis, the extra skin removed. In my case... Um, <laughs> I would like my belly button. Yeah. I would like some lipo. I mean, I've worked so hard to get lean and fit yeah. and try to make this tight. And there's only so much I can do. And uh, so I'm going to do the other route, the non-insurance way. And I'm going to go and see an amazing surgeon who will do it the way that I would love to see my body. Oh, nice. I want to be happy with my body changes. So I've chosen a surgeon in Bellevue, Washington oh my God. through Athenix. His name is Dr. Dry. He is wildly famous oh, okay. for the work that he does. He is amazing. There's some uh, really prominent people out there that he has uh, done different kind of procedures for. So brachioplasty of like the arm, oh, yeah, saggy yeah. wings, the 360, tummy tucks, breast augmentation, um, so many different things. Um, but he also was a physician that has lost an, a significant amount of weight. Oh, so great. he knows what it's like to be someone that awesome. is really big and the challenges. And then he got super fit. So if you see him <laughs> online now, it's like, what? 
he should be on a calendar. Like <laughs> he is really the epitome of the after that we all would love yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. And he does this for other people. And so um, I um, posted online that I had chosen Dr. Tribe with the Phoenix. And there was this How do you spell great, his last name? I mean, not even great. Oh, Dr. Dry, yeah. D-R-Y. Oh, like, like the Just as it sounds, I got yeah. It, like Dr. Dry, mm-hmm. okay. I just want to make sure I heard and that and I can't wait to look I know, up. yeah. I mean, we're putting a plug for him. D-R-Y, Athenix in Bellevue, Washington. Um, and then there's this amazing group of women who have also gone to him who are bariatric patients. Um, Megan's mission is one of them. And she shows all the time um, her amazing results. And she shared her story before about how she went through the pre-op phase, how she prepared for it, how she went through the surgery, how she recovered from it, and what it looks like now for her and how much her life has improved. And I loved it so much. She reached out to me and invited me to this um, sister surgery group. And in that whole new community, I have met so many amazing people who are so open and willing to share the ups and the downs, what to look for, what to buy, what to prepare for, how to ask your house, your spouse to help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, every little thing you can think of, they have been amazing. I would have never felt as sure and prepared and ready as I do now if I did not have the support of this amazing group of women. It has just been such an amazing experience, Um, you know, choosing to do this, not just for myself, but now, you know, with the support and the compassion and the openness of these other women who also went through the same thing and also at the same uh, surgeon's office. It has been amazing. I even got super lucky that um, a few of them came out to Washington and a few are here. And we met last night and we had dinner together. Yes. And we got to see some of the ladies and how they look now. Um, Many, many months after previous surgeries that they had, I got to talk to some of the ladies who are about to have surgery this week and next month. Oh, um, I just, I was just so enthralled. Last night, I could not stop <laughs> being a sponge, being so happy, feeling like I was with a tribe. I was with my people. I was within a community that yeah. knows what I'm going to, that knows what I'm about to step into. And I think we all yearn for that kind of acceptance oh, yeah. and that kind of bond and connection with someone. I'm just so blessed and grateful that I found it. That's awesome. When is your surgery? Mine is going to be February 27th. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm really excited. So I'm having a really big, long one. The 360 is a very long procedure because it goes all the way around. At some point, they even flip you on the bed so they can do your backside. (laughs) I'm going to ask them to take lots of pictures so I can see what it looks like, too, as if I haven't already YouTubed it and seen online what they do. But um, I think it's... I think it's going to be a really great experience. I'm feeling very ready for it because I bought all of my supplies that I would need, everything that they had recommended from the doctor's office, as well as from these ladies that help them recover or feel comfortable. So I'm feeling really ready and prepared. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, that obsessed 
that obsessive thing to be, you know, obsessive and have an obsession about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, how you're going to be prepared. I'm kind of in that place right now for the surgery. I'm just, I'm a ball of nerves at the same time, but, <laughs> but you're I'm in good also hands. so full of joy. You're yeah. in good hands. You met some of his patients. That's so great. That's, that's, I, I really see, like, I've, I've seen the few people that have had the surgery in the past and are, are all so positive and happy about it afterwards. But the, the only complaint is a little bit of pain and, you know, obviously, drainage and 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 issues of of sleep and like a lot of people are like yeah. first couple of nights you got to sleep in a chair but like hey after the surgery first couple of nights it helps to sleep in the chair too instead of in the bed mm-hmm. but the other thing is like once you start recovering you start feeling so much better about the whole situation and the the further away you get it's just it, again it's just like the the surgery the just like the bariatric surgery like when you right mm-hmm. before you had it you were nervous or anxious or concerned and looking at doing all the research listening to every podcast and watching looking at all the <laughs> pictures and then you you go and have it and you're like okay all right this is, it hurts a little but let, let's see and I always say this this is always a, a really weird part of it for me was because I ate so much so often that I never let myself get hungry that after the surgery, when people would ask me, do you have pain in your stomach from the surgery? I was like, I don't know if it's surgical pain or hunger pain. Cause <laughs> I haven't had hunger pain in so long. I don't remember it. It just, it, cause I feel like hunger pain feels like a, it feels like a pain, like, it, like yeah. a strenuous muscular stomach pain deep down in deep you down in yeah pain, stomach pain, pit pain. <laughs> so in the same vein i was like this has got to be so anyway i i see the the positives in this uh, in so many ways and I, i'm so excited especially for you because you post so many things on instagram and i think even re- recently you were posting something that if i remember correctly about a little bit of a struggle with like, I don't know, food balance and, and uh, the dietary balance. And were you, were you having like a little bit of an up and down uh, recently in the last? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, especially because I know surgery is coming up and I'm like, you know, a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's a month away. So you kind of go through this phase like, should I go ahead and enjoy everything yeah, now? Yeah. And then and then like really restrict myself yeah, yeah. and do the right thing like a week or two weeks right before the surgery. Yeah. And so I started like, ah, not binge eating, but like starting to eat everything that I've been wanting yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I can get that, you know, like desire and that food hunger, you know, like out of my head and like quench that thirst and kill that little hunger pain before it's too late and then too close to surgery, then I can't have it anymore. (laughs) And so I was uh, eating a little bit of snacks, maybe one cookie. Um, We get a lot of candy and treats from patients Uh uh, at work because I work in a clinic. And so, you know, I have a little something here and there because it was the holidays and Christmas. Um, And then we would have work parties and they always have, you know, cakes or treats or things like that. I'm like, oh, a little bit here and there. 
um, I go with my family to Costco and I don't know why, but Nutella comes in a two pack. And then it's also like a gallon size looking <laughs> bottle of Nutella. And somehow it, you know, unknowingly ended up in the cart. Hint, hint, Jolene put it in the cart. <laughs> and then somehow I have this favorite spoon that I usually use to eat my butternut squash, but it's an amazing spoon that gets all of the corners in that big Nutella oh, jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I never let anything go to waste. I ate the whole jar of Nutella. What did I have in it with? Long? I don't know. Crackers, toast, nuts. I ate that thing in a week. That's a lot. Yeah, that's not good. That's a lot. That's of a lot of Nutella. Yeah, that's a lot of Nutella. Yeah. And usually people, I don't know, spread it on a croissant <laughs> or put it on some bread yeah. or eat it with strawberries. Yeah. Oh, Nima. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a full on digging with a spoon, shoveling it right into my face. <laughs> and I was enjoying it. It was so good. It was so good. I was... I was a little too obsessive about this yeah, Nutella yeah. and the obsession was in the wrong place. <laughs> but do you feel like you got it, it was, out of your uh, system? You feel like you, you could close the close the door on the Nutella now and cuz there's not there's not a there's I I by the way also I love Nutella too and <laughs> and I see all these these other jars of like oh hazelnut spread or chocolate hazelnut spread from whatever like the 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 you know ralph supermarket generic band mm-hmm. brand of stuff and i always think to myself like just spend the extra dollar dollar 50 and get the authentic thing that you know is yeah. good and mm-hmm. i love that stuff but everyone that i knew that ate it would have just a spoonful of it on toast, spread it out with bananas <laughs> on top, and then have that with like a glass of milk and an orange juice. And that was their breakfast. And they were like, I feel good. I had some carbs and I had some sugar and I had some protein in the hazelnuts <laughs> and I had some bananas for fruit. And then I, now I had an orange juice and a milk. I'm set for the day and I'm good until lunch. And I'm going to have a tuna salad sandwich. They're trying to convince themselves. And I'm sitting there like you with a spoon in my Nutella. And I'm like, we're supposed to put uh-huh. this on a bread? <laughs> Why would I have extra carbs? Yep, yep. Don't need any of those extra carbs. <laughs> Just Nutella yeah, carbs. This is gluten Just free, freaking bro. Nutella. I don't, I don't yeah. mess with carbs. I'm off for of carbs, you idiot. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is my nemesis. Yeah. That and the Ferrero Rocher balls. Oh yeah, super you nemesis. That last oh time. my gosh, that's my kryptonite. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like. I mean, I can't say no. And then I fall to pieces after I've stuffed, you know, six of those golden balls down my face. Like, I mean, come on. I was talking to someone about where it's like, there's a fat way of eating that skinny people don't understand. And if you're not fat, you're going to, I'm going to teach you something. If you're listening to this and you're not fat, you're just into it. Or you like Jolene or whatever. I'm going to teach you something. So when fat people approach, let's say there's a tray of Ferrero Rocher just all stacked up and whatever, and it's all willy-nilly. It's not like in a pyramid or anything like in the movies. It's just kind of like there's like 30 or 40 of them like on a, in a bowl, right? You don't just walk up and grab one and leave. The first thing you do is you walk over to the bowl and you grab a Ferrero Rocher. You make sure nobody's looking. You slide that right in your pocket. That's first. One right in the left pocket. 
<laughs> then you grab another one like it's the first time you're looking at the Ferrero Rocher. And then you go to pretend to put – you do a little magician's move. You go to pretend to put that back. You grab a second one. You put that down. You throw that in your right pocket. Now you got three you're holding. <laughs> then you look at your fictitious date slash person at the party who is on the other <laughs> side of the party. And you go, they have Ferrero Rocher. You, you want me to get you one? Okay. <laughs> and then you grab three. And then you walk out with three. You eat one on the way there. You throw that in the trash in the kitchen on the way out. Then you have two. You walk over to this person and you go, I got you. A f- There's, they have Ferrero Rocher in the other room. I got you one. And they go, I don't want it. You put that in your left pocket. Now you're holding two left, two right. And you look like you're just eating one. You're going to have six. That's you just 007 that yeah, table yeah. of Ferrero Rocher. There's sleight of hand. This is called fat of hand. This is <laughs> this is how we do it. And this is how we do it with cookies. This is how we do it with all this all this stuff. I'm I'm, oh, I'm spilling yeah. all the secrets. But Ferrero Rocher is one of those things that if it was like a Reese's peanut butter cup that you opened it and there was like three or four in like a king size, I would just house them. The fact that there's any sort of like two second interval between each one that I have to open and then and then get rid of and there's like glue on the bottom of the thing is the only thing that stops me from eating 30 in a clip. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good They're in so every good. way. The, the little hazelnut in the middle uh, wrapped in it's Nutella. It's like the perfect ratio yeah. amount of each part. Perfect yeah. amount of wafer. Perfect amount yeah. of crunchy nuts on top. Perfect amount of hazelnut without it being too overwhelming or too chocolatey yeah, yeah, or yeah. too sweet. It's just like, and then the textures from the crunchy yeah, yeah. through the soft, through the creamy. It's yeah. like the most perfect amount. Absolutely. I mean, no one can do it better. No. And have you had the it's lint? The you know, the lint has the truffles that that are individually packaged. Mm-hmm. They're too. It's too much. If they're, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Too if they're, if they're in the fridge, it's way too hard, and then you don't get the the creamy texture <laughs> in the middle. If they sit out in, in they're they're like avocados of the chocolate world. If oh the my avocado gosh. is ripe, <laughs> you buy an avocado from the supermarket. It is ripe for thirty seconds at two thirty in the morning, and then it goes immediately to shit. And. <laughs> <laughs> Lint truffles are at the right temperature exactly for one minute of one day, and that is it. The rest of it, it is soggy and wet and hot and melty and gooey. You still try <laughs> to eat it. It gushes all over your mouth. It's terrible. And yeah, overly sweet, saccharine sweet. I think that's the other advantage of, of the Ferrero Rocher. It's almost like a European chocolate where they don't Americanize it. They don't make it overly sweet. Yeah, They make it the right. It's like an Italian cannoli is not saccharine sweet. It's just the right... Also, that good crunch, Mm -hmm. good filling. Leave the fucking chocolate chips out of it, all right? We don't need (laughs) need extra, (laughs) please. Just don't make pistachio (laughs) crust and stuff. It's all just... uh, Just keep it simple, stupid. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's a... That stuff is so good. Your thing is Nutella. My thing... The other day I found out cheese fries with the oh. lovely Michelle. I couldn't. I, it was like. Those are good. Cheese fries, hot, melty cheese. Dip it in the ranch sauce. I mean, for 
forget oh, it. Oh, God. Forget Even it. when they go cold. Oh, yeah. Still delicious. Even when they go cold. Except for still two days good. after. I don't reheat. <laughs> this drives Michelle banana pants. I oh, don't yeah? reheat anything except for rice after two days. Rice, mm-hmm. you have to get wet and then you have to put it in the microwave. You know. So mm-hmm. rice we do. But everything else, if I'm eating pizza, if I'm eating uh, any anything, and it doesn't matter, soup I have cold the next day, pasta I have cold, everything else I have cold. And there's just something about cheese fries cold the next day. You can almost have it for breakfast. It's almost a <laughs> breakfast food. It's the What's the difference? If I put it in a burrito... And I added a sausage to it. You'd go, of course, sausage, fries, yep. cheese. That makes perfect sense wrapped in a tortilla. <laughs> but the fact that I don't do that, you're like, ew, gross. That for breakfast? I'm like, I eat pizza for breakfast. Why wouldn't I eat? People drive me bananas, Jolene. I can't. I just can't. Ditto. But you got to enjoy You got to enjoy life to a degree. You got to have yeah, things in moderation. Do. You have to be able you to treat You have to yourself. have balance. Yeah, balance. I practice 80-20. That's what I do because I found that people who try to do full restriction in cold turkey, it doesn't work or it will work for a week and then they can't maintain it. It's just not realistic. It's not practical. It's not real life. It's not applicable everywhere you go because there's some times when you're like on the road or a road trip, you're not always going to find a healthy salad that's, you know, perfectly organic and, and everything that you need. You're going to have to go through the fast food and you're going to have to make the best decision. Yeah. And it's 80-20. 80-20 works. I don't, I'm not so familiar. 80% of what you eat should be healthy and appropriate for whatever your dietary or health needs are. And then 20% is where you get to balance. So some will call that their cheat meal oh. or their treat or the 20% might be their dessert um, or something sweet that they earn. Yeah. Um, and so it could be anything. And for some people, they even count that 20% could be like a, um, banana bread, uh, something oh. that's got lots of fiber and it could be like healthier homemade, but they count that as their treat sure. because it's still something sweet, even though it could be something super healthy and still really great nutritious for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it depends on whatever the person chooses to practice their 80-20. But the point is, is to ensure you're being practical and practice moderation mm-hmm. and balance and also not starve yourself. We live yeah. one life. Yes. You got to enjoy this life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so, so eat true. those cheese fries. Eat them. Eat them, but don't but just eat a few. You know what I mean? That's, yes. that's it. You, just you don't grab. need to have five plates no, of it. man. You just got to yeah. do it. There was, this, there was a, a, a thing going around for a while where someone was like, would you, uh, welcome to this Mexican restaurant. Would you like to have uh, 20 tortillas? And the guy's like, oh my God, why on earth would I eat to- 20 tortillas? That seems crazy. And he's like, okay, what if? I divide them into quarters and then I fry them and then I put salsa in front of you. Then would you like to have 20 tortillas? And he's like, yes, that makes perfect sense. (laughs) Welcome to the Italian restaurant. Would you like to eat seven uh, string cheese uh, sticks? Like, oh my God, why would I do that? Okay, hold on. Let me, uh, let me bread it, fry it, and then put marinara sauce in in the middle of them. Then would you eat seven of them? Yep, absolutely. Yep. I would do that. 
Oh my gosh, boom, my mind is blown because I've never heard it explained that way, but that is so freaking true. Like people need to recognize what they're eating, what they're having. I mean, in some circumstances, we're like, no, that's crazy, but you're so right. In other circumstances, we're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But we gotta we gotta make those choices, right? The thing is, here this is the thing, and I have to remind myself all the time. It's gonna be there tomorrow. You know, this isn't the last time that you're going to eat at this restaurant. We, when we went to that, when we, we went to the lovely Michelle and I went to Islands, and 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 uh, I got the I was, that was the condition to go. I was like, I want the cheese fries. She said, fine. And then I got <laughs> the cheese fries, and then I was like, what do you want? And then she's like, what what food do you want outside of this? And she said something like, I want I don't know this this I'm hemming and hawing between these two things. And she said, do you want to get like food food? And I said, well, yeah, maybe get like a burger or something. We could split something. So they had these sliders. And I was like, yeah, let's just get the sliders. We got, they came four little, like, they look like little White Castle burgers. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with that. They're about like three inches. These little tiny guys, Mm -hmm. little, little bitty guys. So they came out and I took one. And I put some cheese fries on it and I dipped it in ranch and I <laughs> ate it. The lovely Michelle had one. And then we took two back home with us and we took the cheese fries with us and we were staying at her uncle's house. And the next day I warmed them up in the toaster oven, put them on the table with all the other food. And I gave one to the uncle and then one to her aunt and then had some cheese fries for them as well. And it was, it was so smart. To Because what I wanted to do was, oh, I want the Blue Nami burger or I want this hot, spicy jalapeno burger. You know when I can have that? The next time I go to Islands. It's going right. to be okay. Yeah. it's Nothing is an emergency. You're going to be fine if you have to compromise a meal or you have to share with somebody or split something. like It's okay. if And if you want a little bit, of, but they just the portions in America are so big. They are insane. That you can, I used to go, even at Persian restaurants, I used to go and get that when we have kebab, if you order a kebab plated at most Persian restaurants for dinner, it's two skewers of kebab. So if you're getting mm-hmm. ground beef or ground chicken, I used to get the combo, which is one ground beef, one ground chicken. It's that, then a heap of rice and a tomato. And then you mix the tomato and the rice with butter, and then you eat that with the kebab. I used to polish off that plate by myself. Then I had the surgery and I would split the plate with whoever I was with. So the lovely Michelle, Mm -hmm. most times I would split it with her and then we would both eat half of our plates and have the other half. So one plate that I would eat all by myself was now four meals. It was two meals for each person. We got dinner that night. We had lunch the next day. And I'm Perfect. fucking baffled at the fact that not forget the calories, forget that even mm-hmm. calories exist, put that amount of food in your stomach and then be wondering why your blood sugar goes up. Be curious as to why you're gaining. Oh, how am I gaining all this weight? Because you're not moving anything. You're sitting at home. Yeah. And that's the biggest motivator for me right after the surgery, when I wanted to go walking and again, I cannot tell you how many times I've said, 
the last thing I want to do is go for a walk. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And the doctors were like, you could potentially have a blood clot if you don't go for a walk. So I thought to myself, I was sitting on, I remember I was sitting on the chair and I had this thought, can you imagine if I died from a blood clot? It's outside of the idea that, oh, my poor wife and all oh, my poor family and all this other stuff is terrible and I don't get to exist anymore and that's terrible and all that stuff sucks. But can you imagine that my dad, when people ask him, how did your son die? My dad goes, oh, he had the bariatric surgery. And they go, oh, he died under the knife. And he goes, no. And they go, oh, complications after. And he goes, no, the son of a bitch wouldn't go for a walk. So he got a blood clot and he died. So why did he die? Laziness. That's why he died. And I was like, that was my motivator. And that's when I realized I am a stick donkey. I am not a carrot donkey. You can't put the carrot in front of me and expect me to move forward. You have to hit me with that stick. You have to threaten me with the negative. And that was the thing that motivated me. And that has been the thing until recently. And now I'm having this growth mindset thanks to my mm-hmm. my my cousin Aysan. Shout out to Dr. Aysan. But she's always like growth mindset, growth mindset, and all this stuff. And now I'm like, now I see it. And I need to do more. I need to be more. I need to exist more and I need to be kinder to myself. I need to enjoy my life. I need to have those cheese fries, but a couple. I need to have some Nutella, but one spoonful and then put it back in the cabinet and just really enjoy what I have in that one spoonful of Nutella. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we all have to do. Yeah. I mean, especially if we want to be healthier or reach any of our goals. Yeah. We can have this stuff, but we have to know when to say, this is enough. Yeah. This is the right amount. This is all I need. We can always come back to it later. We don't have to eat it all in one sitting. Especially if we're at home and you can go put it in the fridge. Go take whatever food you were going to eat. Split it in half. Put the other half in the Tupperware. Put it in the fridge. Not even in a Tupperware. Fuck the Tupperware. Put it on a plate with a napkin over it. Put it in the fridge and go sit and eat mm-hmm. your food. If you're hungry in 30 minutes, you can go back to the fridge and get it. 10 to 1 odds, you're not going to go back. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me that we just, the, that mentality is, is, is missing from me. And, and mm-hmm. I need to constantly remind myself to come back to that. It's hard when American culture is so different. It's all about extreme sizes, large portions, feeling like you're getting a lot from, from, you know, a business or a serving should fill up the plate, not necessarily be nutritious. Just the amounts and then the displays of gluttony on our plates. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it's crazy. I also struggle with the cultural aspect, being a Pacific Islander, you know, we would get in trouble before if you were served food and you didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that food is even you know, triple the size of what, you know, any of us should be eating in one sitting. (laughs) And then there's also that cultural aspect where you can't turn away food that other people have made because then now you've offended them. Yes. And there's so many things that we are challenged by, whether it's American lifestyle marketing that we see in pictures and commercials 
or culturally with our families at home, it's a struggle. But the only way to get beyond that is to put ourselves in the right mindset to be obsessive and say, is this suited for me? Is this what I want? Is this what I need? Is this the right amount for me? And then to just simply say, I'm good. I mean, 100%. I'm done. I save it. These fast food companies have done their research and they know the color red and the color yellow make you pay attention. Uh-huh. So that's why so many of them have red and or yellow in there. And the, the best shining example of that is McDonald's. Oh, yeah. When you are talking about a company that is known throughout the world just from two arches. That's it. It's not even, it's not even the letter M anymore. Now it's just yeah. a symbol, like like a Batman signal in the sky. come here and get these burgers and people just go because of convenience yeah and it's just it's so different from how it was 40 50 years ago these companies didn't exist the way that they do the road infrastructure was different the cars were different work-life balance was different families were different and so now we have Mm -hmm. all this change and everyone's like why is there so much more obesity because now everyone has to travel and go to work they have to work longer hours they have to wake up earlier they have to get home later they're exhausted they're tired they need energy drinks in the morning they need coffee throughout the day they need food in a quick fashion and pace because everything is now 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 in france they have three-hour lunches at high school I know they've siestas too, and I'm just <laughs> man. Our culture is yeah, man, is something else. But that's something that we can kind of educate the next generation on. Like, hey, it's yeah. okay. It's okay to have healthier options. And look, man, it's more expensive to be healthy in this country than it is to be unhealthy. If you go to the supermarket. Right. Try this out. Go to the supermarket, go look at the chicken breast, and go look at the organic chicken breast and look at how much you're getting for, for, let's say you're going to spend 50 bucks on chicken breast. Look at how much you get with the organic chicken. Look at how much you get from the chicken that's pumped with steroid that suffocated under its own chest and and died. That chicken. And if you're a single mom or a single dad with two, three kids and you got to feed your whole family a chicken deal dinner that you're trying to make better. What are you going to do? You're going to go spend all your money on that? Yeah, you're going to get the big fat chicken breast and you're going to maybe add some vegetables to it and then a sweet sauce to get the kids to eat it. Yeah. And that's another thing. Kids, impressionable kids. What kind of choices are they going to make? I watched a documentary and they were talking about bodegas. Oh, yeah. And a kid walks into a bodega. Are they going to grab the chips or the banana? And some of them will probably want the banana because it's probably going to be healthier or much more appealing or they don't get enough, you know, fresh fruits or vegetables. But when they got a dollar and chips is a dollar, but the banana is $3, what are they going to choose? I mean, it's just... It's horrible, the options, the food prices, the inequity. There's just, it's such a complicated mess. I don't know how to make it any better. But I feel like knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And definitely if more people knew, you know, what is healthier, how much they really need to eat, what is actually really good for them, and staying away from some of these marketing ploys that tell you you have to get more. Yeah. Or you have to make more or serve more because that's the right thing to do. 
Oh gosh. You know, if we I th- can move away from that. I think what we're seeing right now, and and I I'm I'm just thinking so fondly about the the very beginning of our conversation where you were like, I love where we go. I don't ever know where we're going in our conversations. And I'm like, I have a fairly good idea. I never thought we'd be talking about this. But (laughs) there, there is this really interesting thing that's happening currently where vegetables and fruits that are going to supermarkets have to be aesthetically pleasing for the supermarkets to purchase them because consumers, for the most part, that go to supermarkets are looking for carrots that look like carrots and tomatoes that look like tomatoes. And if the tomato has like a little bump on it, that's like another baby tomato, or it has, Mm -hmm. it's like a deformed, it looks like a different weird shape tomato or tomato looks like a potato, or (laughs) the carrot has like three legs or whatever. Those aren't good. So then there was a company called Ugly Produce or something like that. And, yes. And so they I started, they went to all the farmers and they were like, we will buy all of this stuff. And at first the farmers were like, take it. Then the farmers were like, hold on. <laughs> buy it. <laughs> they caught on. <laughs> You're selling it, right? <laughs> buy it from us then. So then they buy from all these farmers. They get all this like, you know, ugly produce. And then they sold it to the people like us that are like, I don't give a shit. I want a carrot to eat a carrot. I don't want a carrot to yeah. look pretty. Well, fuck, I care. So then that started happening. Then there's a company now called Free Water. And so this this all happened with Ugly Produce. And then it started happening with other produce companies as well that started doing this. There's a company right now called Free Water. And what they're doing is they're, they're just giving out free water. And then what they do is they sell advertising on the 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 like bottle of water. They sell it, they they have an ad on it, which is enough to cover the cost of the water and donate 10 cents to a well in Africa. So they're just handing water away and they're giving it away for free. And then I was like, I talked to them and I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. I love what y'all are doing. What's next though? I mean, yeah, you're going to grow, grow, grow. And then it's going to be amazing. You'll be at all these different like facilities and places and people keep buying advertising from you. But what's the next move? Like Nike wasn't like, we're just going to make one shoe and that's it. What's next for you? (laughs) And they were like, we're going to do a free pharmacy where like a free vending machine that you can just walk up to it and you can get like a sewing kit. You can get a, a pregnancy test. You can get a, this thing or that thing, something that you need in the moment that you weren't thinking about that you just need some. And then eventually they're like, what we're going to do is we're going to have a free uh, uh, supermarket of like fruits and vegetables. You can just come in, take as much as you want, whatever you want, and you can leave. And you're oh just my gosh. giving back to the community in mm-hmm. small pieces. Think of it like another small bodega, but now you're giving away this stuff to people who need it. It's a lot like when you go to small wintry towns and all mm-hmm. around the statues in the wintertime when it's snowing, they'll put scarves or jackets or or knit caps or whatever on these statues. And you're like, look at these dumb people putting <laughs> Why are they putting on this? It's not for the statue, you idiot. It's for people that are walking by that are cold that need it. They put it on and then they, then they take it and then they use it. And then when they're done using it, they can go and put it back. And that's what it's for. And that's amazing. It's amazing to have something like that. That's so beautiful and, and incredible, a gift to give people. So there's so many people that are doing so many good things out there. That we, I really want to start amplifying this so that we we don't feel like so bereft 
of like, oh, I'm I'm so disappointed. I'm so exhausted from being exhausted. I I I just feel like there's nowhere to turn and nothing is good. There's so much good out there. We just aren't highlighting it. And and I mean, don't even get me started on 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 everything else. But but this in particular is like a really good positive like stance in the future. And I think maybe in the next five to ten years, it's gonna be really, really great. It we're gonna see a lot of a lot of great things. But I will say this. There was a comedian, Ron White. He was on the um like the blue collar comedy tour. And he had a joke, Jolene, I'll never forget. I still <laughs> like chuckle about it every time when I think about it. But Ron White uh came up one day and he said, uh obesity in America is getting so bad that two out of every three Americans is now three out of every four Americans. And I was like, oh, my God, what a great joke. Oh, my God. 66% of Americans are now 75% of Americans. It's brilliant. Well, you just got to make sure you're not in that two-thirds, you know? You got to... Right. You gotta just stay that because it's 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 something that is important, and it's it's a it's a phrase that the lovely Michelle and I use a lot and often. It's precious, and how far I've come, and how far you've come, and the, and the trials and tribulations, and the ups and the downs, and the goals, and everything else that we've talked about the last hour and a half. All of that is so precious and so meaningful that we need to hold on to it and and make it so that it's all been worth it and strive for the for the future not not only for our I future but at, but for everybody to to be there for them yeah so keep posting I love that so much I love that too I love what you're doing I love your posts on ta- on on uh, Instagram I told you the last time we talked I think you should have a a TikTok. I think you should have a podcast. I did. I know. <laughs> I tried. I started the TikTok, but for some reason, yeah. I'm just still stuck on Instagram. I think yeah. I live on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's fine to just have it on. That that's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. So much good yeah. content, and I love the way that your page is set up. I love all the motivational stuff that you put. I love the videos that you put. I love the pictures. I love the stories. I, I love everything about it. So I. Oh, thank you so yeah. much. So, so yeah, it really is a great collection of stuff that I really enjoy, you know, and I'm glad that people like it too, oh, yeah. because a lot of the times we don't notice the little things in life that makes us happy or could motivate us or remind us of something amazing that we did before, like yeah. an NSV and, oh, and yeah. you know, this is it. This this yeah, yeah, page yeah. holds my little album of collection of memories or things that I should know and things that I should never forget. Yeah. And so uh, a few days ago this week, it is um, a quote by Pele, oh. and it's success is no accident. Ooh. And I feel like that speaks so much yeah. because you can only get success if you are intentional about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. if you uh, put effort into it and if you stick with it it is no accident and that's all we want with weight loss surgery with this bariatric lifestyle we just want to reach that end point we want to reach the success the goals that we want 
And, and it's not a solution. Uh, it's not the it's not the answer. It's yeah. a tool. They they told us that from the very beginning, the very first class. This is a tool, not a solution. This is a, a thing you're gonna apply, a thing you're gonna utilize. It's no different than a food scale. This is just something that's gonna recalibrate you. And at some point, most of us kind of start to fade away from that ideology and go, though this shit doesn't work anymore, just like everything else. Fuck it. I'm back to it. And that's a terrible mentality to have. And if you can reset your mindset and get back to that growth mentality and get into that quote of like, what was it again? Success is not an accident. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah, dude, it's not. You don't stumble into success. You work hard at it. You do. I love oh man, and I see Muhammad Ali right behind oh, you. Yeah. I mean, he's another perfect example of that. None of the success he had was an accident. Yeah. Everything he did yeah. and that he achieved was all intentional and obsessive of him. Very obsessive. Very. <laughs> obsessed to be very, the best. Very. Obsessed to be the strongest. Yeah. Obsessed to be the one that's out there and full forward thinking. Absolutely. <laughs> when he was fighting Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle, yeah, his whole training up to that point, he hadn't told his trainer. He hadn't told his sparring partners. He hadn't told his wife. He hadn't told anybody. He just went in that ring and day after day after day, he just covered up his face and his sides and he just got pummeled by every sparring partner. And his trainer was like, fight back, punch, dip, slip, dip, move something, do, go, move around, move those feet, your fancy feet, move them around. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. And he just did that every single day. That was his training, just getting pummeled by these dudes. And then he finally went to Africa and he had that rumble in the jungle with George Foreman. And Foreman came out and started punching at Ali and Ali would just, would just close down and just let Foreman just gas out. And he was exhausted and he was tired round after round after round. And George was like, this isn't how Ali fights. And he knew it wasn't Mm -hmm. an accident. He knew exactly what he was doing. And he set him up. And by round four or five, then he started slapping George in the face with these like. Saw that window open. Yep. Got him at his own game. And I'll tell you something. Foreman returned the favor because when Foreman came out of retirement to go (laughs) fight that kid. Yeah, Foreman did the same thing. He just let set that kid up, and he kept throwing phantom punches to see where that kid's defense was and where his hands were mm-hmm. going. Man, when he caught that kid with that right, the kid went down, and he was like, "He got lucky. That wasn't luck. That was that was luck. skill. That was <laughs> planning and execution. That was what success looks like." Yep. A lot success of times you can say no accident when you watch two two teams play each other when you watch two fighters fight sometimes you would say Ali won that fight or you would say Foreman lost that fight or you'd say you know the Lakers won that game or you know the Celtics lost that game but success is you winning not them losing that's the difference it's a Mm -hmm. good one it's a really good one I like that a lot especially from Yeah. oh my gosh yeah yeah I saw a documentary about him and I was just I was enthralled. I was so inspired. I was so amazed. I had no idea who he really was. Oh, yeah. And yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing. You're amazing. This has been so much fun. Uh, thank, thank you. you for it has been. <laughs> <laughs> you're amazing. You're so much, you're so energetic. You're so exciting. You're so, uh, 
enigmatic. Uh, I love I love everything. I love all the things. I love your your posts. I love your handle. Again, Jolene gets fit. J O L E A N, like lean, like skinny. Get it? Jolene gets fit at, on Instagram. Follow her. Uh, tell her hi. Uh, she's she's wonderful and great. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next uh, two weeks. All right. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, give us a five-star review and share it with a friend. Please follow us on all social media at My Gastric Sleeve Podcast or let us know what you think at mygastricsleevepodcast.com. 